book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. We've been studying through 1 Corinthians. Uh, we found ourselves in chapter 3. Paul is talking about how to deal with weak believers. And the Sunday school lesson this past week kind of touched on the same thing. <coughs> Tonight we find ourselves down in about verse 9. So if you have your Bibles, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 9. For we are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandry. You're God's builders. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed to how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Today I'm going to ask two questions, and we're going to turn back to Matthew chapter 4, and we're going to look at one of them. Today, what is our foundation? What is our... Uh, I don't like using the word theology. But where does it come from? Well, where, where does our religious foundation come from? What are we founded on? The Bible says that other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2 and 20 says that Christ is the chief cornerstone. That it all began on Him. And back then, the way they used to build is they used to find one chief cornerstone. They used to find one big rock. And they would, they would put it in the ground and the whole building was built from that one point. Whenever you put batter boards down, whenever you're trying to square up a building now, you have to start somewhere. It may end up moving, but you have to start somewhere. And that first board you put down, that first string you pull, the first place you start from, that, that is what is considered the chief cornerstone. That, that's what Christ is. And if our religious foundation, if our theology starts anywhere else, then we are in fact wrong. If our religious theology begins with what we learned in Sunday school as tradition, if it begins with feelings, if it begins with uh, false doctrines, if it begins what, with what is not the basis of Jesus Christ, then we need to reevaluate exactly what we're looking at. Back in Matthew chapter number 4, I want to look back here just for a minute. Verse number 17, it says, From that time Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now Jesus had just left the wilderness. He had been tempted of Satan. The angels came and comforted him and ministered to him. And immediately following this, he began to preach. And he began to go about his father's work. And as Christians today, that is what we are supposed to be about. We are supposed to be about God's work. We are supposed to be about the father's work. We are supposed to be about building on that foundation that Jesus laid. And immediately following this, Jesus came. He walked him out of Sea of Galilee, verse 18 of Matthew 4. He saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me. I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Now, I have no idea. I was not there. But I have to assume that since the Bible says that this was kind of a brief conversation, that it was, in fact, brief. Now, I cannot imagine for the life of me, I cannot imagine somebody walking by while I'm fishing and saying, Hey, come with me. I'll make you a fisher of men. Can't imagine. I can't. But they saw something. They noticed something. They saw that chief cornerstone. They saw that, that master. They saw that Messiah. They saw Jesus. They answered the call of Christ. And today <clears throat> we began in verse number nine. It says, For we are laborers together with God. Now, God's uh, purpose for mankind, God's purpose for Christians on this earth is to further his kingdom's work, to reach the lost. To, to, to lead souls to Christ. And we are laborers together with Him. Now Bill Gaither group sings a song, and, and some parts of the song I don't necessarily agree with, but the, 
the premise of it and the chorus sounds really good and Miss Elfie could probably tell you who wrote it but it's called uh, God uh, I catch them God cleans them it's talking about fishing and he says I catch them God cleans them I bait the hook with the love of the kingdom I've been called to be a fisher of men and a lot of times we may view uh, we may view our journey our calling as, a, as something that is noble, as something that is prestigious. But in fact, every Christian that has been saved, every person that has been saved of Jesus has that same calling. That same calling that Peter and James and John and all the disciples had. The, the calling that every person since has had. And that is to be laborers with God. For we are God's husbandry. For we are God's building. According to the grace which he has given me, he said, let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Now, every day that we build, we are laying on top of that foundation. If we are founded in Christ, and I hope and pray that we are, if we are founded in Christ, every day that we build their own after, we change things, we do things that do not need to be undone. Uh, I passed my final inspection with the house this past week, and as I walked back through, I think to myself, you know, if I ever had to do this again, I'd change this. If I ever had to do this again, I'd change this. I have a, a dryer duct running through the attic. I didn't have anywhere else to run it. My dryer's in the middle of my house, and I forgot to run it through the slab. So I have a dryer duct running through my attic, and I built me a, a, a wired me in a fan up there that whenever it senses current coming through a wire, it kicks on. And it's a duct fan, and it kind of blew the vent off the end of my house whenever I finally put it up. But uh, I got to thinking, you know, if I ever did this again, there may be something just a little bit different that I would do. I've got seven pocket doors in my house. After playing with them forever, I'll say, you know, if I ever did it again, they'd be something just, just a little bit that I would change. But once it's done, it's done. With our, with our walk with God, we're laying, we're building on top of that foundation. And once it's built, it's hard to go back and change. It's hard to start tearing studs out and knocking plywood off. And it's hard to bust holes in sheetrock. And it, it's tough to go back and redo. So as we build, as we work, as we become uh, those fishers of men, we have to be careful of the way that we do it. Uh, verse number 12, it says, If any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. He said, Every man's work shall be made manifest, and the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Now, he's not only talking about the foundation that we lay. He's talking about all of it. He said, if we are on a foundation, and in another part of the Bible, he talks about the the foundation of our faith being on, uh, being on rocks or being on sand. Uh, what type of foundation we lay. Now, now we're not going to focus on that foundation particularly tonight. But we want to look on laboring with God. And laboring with God is part of that building. It's part of that building process. And uh, I heard a, a guy preaching one time. And he was talking about being a fisher of men. And he said there was five things. And I don't remember all five of them. But he said there was five things that you have to have whenever you go fishing. The first thing that you have to have whenever you get out in that boat, you have to have fuel. Otherwise, you won't get very far. So as we begin our journey as fishers of men, before we get started, do we have fuel? Where does that come from? What powers us as Christians? What empowers us? What gives us the call? What gives us the grace to go out and try to lead others to Christ? Where did we get that from? Did we get that from Netflix? Did we get it from Sports Center? Did we get it from the radio station? Do we get it? Where does it come from? We don't grab it out of the air. Our foundation is laid on Jesus Christ, and that is the same place that our fuel comes from. 
That is the same place that our fire comes from. That is the same place that our joy should come from. But so many times we miss out on that. So the first thing that we have to do if we're going to be fishers of men is we have to begin with fuel in our tank. We have to begin with loading up. We have to begin in God's Word. I found myself slipping this week. We've been trying to move in and trying to move in and trying to move in. Monday, I think it was Monday night. Yeah, it was Monday night. Uh, I was trying to move a couch and my dad helped me. I'd have my Bible laid on the couch because I was up studying. Uh, He helped me move it, so I took my Bible and I laid it right inside the front door. And uh, we moved the couch and and got it put where we needed to go. They all went home. We went to bed and went to sleep. The next morning, I got up and I was running a little bit late. This was Tuesday morning. I got up and I was running a little bit late. Uh, Normally, I read a little bit when I get to school, but I forgot my Bible. It was laying right inside the the front door of the house. And uh, and so I, I didn't read Tuesday morning. I usually read right when I get to school, the first 15, 20 minutes. So the kids ain't there. And I'll spend a little time in the Word, and, and I didn't have a Bible with me. Uh, so I flipped through my phone, and uh, I have a Bible app on my phone. I don't particularly like it, but it's there. Uh, but I didn't spend time in the Word the way I normally do. It's, it's different whenever you try to read on your phone. It's, it's just, it just ain't quite the same. And so I get home Tuesday evening, and you know, I spend a little time with Bailey, and we try to move clothes and we try to wash clothes and I'm measuring drawers and trying to get a shoe rack built and trying to get the closets installed. And I go through the whole evening and I get ready to go to bed. And normally I read a little bit before I go to bed too and I roll over in the bed and my Bible's not there. And from Monday afternoon to Tuesday night, my Bible laid by the front porch. Just laid there. I didn't touch it. It didn't move. I didn't have another Bible anywhere other than the, the one on my phone that I attempted to, to study with. And I found myself from Monday night to Tuesday night, I did not touch or pick up my Bible. I had to think back of where I left it. How am I supposed to be a fisher of men? How am I supposed to go forth into the world and teach others and, and try to reach others and, and try to be a light for Jesus whenever I'm not fueled up? Whenever I don't spend time with God the way that I should? Whenever I slip? It's easy to sleep. It's, it's easy to get caught up. It's easy to get busy. I believe that we can all relate, especially in the time which we live. And it's no excuse. I have no excuse. And whenever we stand before God, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be reminded of all the opportunities we had. The opportunities we had to fill up and the opportunities we had to go fishing. And we missed it. So my prayer to God today is that all of us, myself included, could spend more time filling up. We can go further. We can do more if we're full of gas, if we're full of the Word, if we stay filled up. second thing that you have to have whenever you go fishing is you have to have bait. Is uh, bait the same for all the fishes? I don't go fish as much as I used to. But you don't use the same bait for catfish as you do for bass. You don't do it. And you don't use the same bait for catfish and bass as you do white perch. It's not the same. It's not even close. So whenever I go catfishing, I use a stink bait or worms. I tie weights on my line. I have a little bit heavier line. I have different reels that I use. Whenever I go white perch fishing, I have a, a couple of flipping reels that are very, very lightweight. They'll be in a U shape. Uh, we use jigs. We use beetle spins, uh, rooster tails, anything like that is, is what we white perch fish with. And then with bass, you have a different reel for every type of bait that you're going to throw, a crank bait, a buzz bait, a spinner bait, a, a fluke, a sinko, whatever it may be. It's a, it's a different it's it's a different arsenal for everything that you're going to do. And the same way comes with being a fisher of men, being a witness to others, building our life on that foundation. Every situation requires a different bait. 
Because some people, you can holler and scream at them and say that you're going to hell if you don't believe in Jesus. And some people will respond. Other people, you have to tell them how much Jesus loves them. Both of which are absolutely true. Both of which are the gospel. Both of which is what we're supposed to tell other people. But we understand that people respond in different ways. As a coach, it took me a minute to realize that all kids don't respond by you screaming at them. And then some kids never respond unless you do scream at them. Kids are different. The way they're raised, the way their mind works, the way they're brought up. As a player, I did not respond to a coach who did not yell at me. I did not. If a coach didn't yell at me, I didn't get it done. I didn't hear it. I wasn't paying a lick of attention to it until they started hollering at me. I have a brother. A coach yelled at him. He shut down. He was done. He didn't want to, he didn't want to do anything anymore. It was over with as far as he could go. Everybody responds in a different way, and it's the same way with the gospel. And we can beat people over the head with the Bible, and some may respond that way, but all are not. And so whenever we go out into the world, we have to take our tackle box with us. We have to take all the bait. And we have to read the situation. Whenever you go fishing, you don't just go out there in the middle of the water and say, all right, here we go, let's just throw everything out there. You pick you a spot out. If you go and catfishing, most of the time, we, we, whenever we fish on the Pearl River, we find us a bluff and we sit just opposite that bluff and we throw out towards it. At night, we find us a sandbar and we dry dock on that sandbar and we throw out in there. That's where the catfish was at. White perch fishing, you want to find you a treetop. That's where they're at. In the summertime, warm weather, late spring, early fall, they're in the treetop. During the winter, during the deep summer, you find them in the middle of the channel, as deep as you can get. That's what you're looking for. You see a log, throw you a frog over there, you catch bass. You're looking for the places that you can fish. You're looking for where the fish is at. And that's the other, the other point that the man made. He said, you, he said, you got to go where the fish are. You got to go where the fish are. It's not saying that we should go out into the bars and drink with people and try to tell them about Jesus. But it is saying that there's not a person. <coughs> there's not a person. That is unreachable. And there's not a person that we should not try to reach for God. There's not a person that is outside of God's grace. And as we build our life, as we build our Christian walk with God, we have to have these aspects. We have to have these things. If we're going to bear the fruit of the Spirit, if we're going to bear the fruit of the Spirit, it, it all begins with this same tackle box. How do you know what the Spirit, uh, how do you know what the fruit of the Spirit is if you don't fuel up? If you don't read your Bible? How do you enact the fruit of the Spirit if you don't use different bait whenever you go fishing? Some people, you got to use a little more patience than others. Some people, you got to use a little more love. Other people, you got to be joyous about it. It takes a different bait for everywhere you go. And then the last point that I'll make, and I'm, I'm going to leave off one on purpose. Last point I'll make is you got to go out there expecting to fill up the live well. I've never been fishing that I didn't take a stringer with me. I don't believe in it. I believe that if we go fishing expecting to catch nothing, that God will give us exactly what we expect. But if we go out there and we decide, I'm going out here to catch fish. Now, I love fishing, but I love catching even more. And we can go catching, but very few people go fishing expecting or, or rather wanting to catch nothing. If we're going to build on this foundation, if we're going to be what God called us to be, if we're going to be that light, if we're going to reach others, we have to go expecting. Whenever Jesus called his disciples, he said, come and I will make you. He didn't say that you already are. He said, I will make you through reading and studying, through watching, through learning, through the educational process. 
I will make you fishers of men. Nobody is born fishers of men. Now, my brother, he can catch a, <clears throat> he can catch fish in a mud hole. Where nobody else can catch them, he can catch them. But as Christians, whenever we are born, we are not already experts at being fishers of men. Jesus has to make us fishers of men. And it begins with that foundation. Paul said that we are laborers with God. God don't ask us to do all the heavy work. God asks us to do very little. He said, you plant the seed. He said, I'll take care of it. He said, you make the introduction and I'll close the deal. All we have to do is expose people to it. Do y'all realize how fast COVID spread? I was in my classroom at school. It was January. And we was talking about COVID in China. They didn't have a case in America yet. Maybe in December. No, it was January. Didn't have a case in America yet. And we was talking about China. And oh, how terrible it must be. I sure hope they keep people off the airplanes. Well, a week or two later, we had our first case in America. A week later, we had our first case in the South. A week later, there was a bunch of cases in New Orleans. And then come Autograph. And there was a lot of cases in New Orleans. Then Bogalusa got filled up. And then we had our first case at the school. And then we had our first case in the church. And then they said, you can't go outside no more. you got to wear a mask. Restaurants begin to close down. Churches begin to close down. And that happened quick. Our country went from full throttle, full speed ahead. I don't have time to anything to a screeching halt sitting on our heels wondering what are we going to do for supper since the steakhouse is closed. And it happened just like that. That virus spread quick. Why can't the Word of God spread that quick? The Word of God is not virally transmitted. It cannot be transmitted by touching somebody. It cannot be transmitted by sneezing on somebody. It cannot be trans. <coughs> it can't be transmitted by coughing on somebody. It can only be transmitted by those who want to transmit it. And the reason that COVID spreads so much quicker than the joy of God does is because people just don't want to transmit the gospel the way they used to. People don't want to transmit the gospel the way that they should. I had a guy come and he was a guest speaker in my class today. I hadn't seen him in probably 10 years, but when I was in high school, he was a state officer. I knew him. He didn't know me, but I knew him. And he showed up and the the first thing that one of my kids did was ask him if he believed in Jesus. Now he showed up to a freshman class, class full of freshmen. They'd never seen this man before in in their life. And the first thing they asked him, is do you know Jesus? Freshman in high school. I was a freshman in high school one time. I didn't ask nobody that, Brother Randy. I was a freshman in college one. I still didn't ask nobody that. Freshman in high school, asked the man, stranger they'd never seen before in his life, kind of got gray hair already. He's got three kids. He's been teaching 12 years. He asked him if he knew Jesus. That is spreading the gospel. That is having a foundation that is worth building upon. That is building and laying treasures up in hell. That is being a fisher of men. <coughs> and the man, he ended up telling us that he was a, a Catholic, but he believed in Jesus. And I'm not sure how that worked. We didn't push him, but we... Kia sure told him about Jesus. And that was inspirational. 
and it was beautiful and it was awesome. But as as the class left and I came to the break time, I get a 15 minute break right up in there. Got to thinking myself. I said, "How often do I ask somebody do they know Jesus?" I go to Weeks to the hardware store all the time. I go to Crossroads to get feed all the time. I know those people by name. And with the exception of a select few that I've talked to before about church and and God, with the exception of those probably six people between those two stores, the rest I've never asked. And I ask myself, why? You know how hard it is to ask a stranger about Jesus? How hard it is to ask a stranger if they know the Lord? But a freshman in high school could do it. Why can't I? If we built on the foundation that is Christ, we have news to share. If we've been called to be fishers of men such as every saved person has, then it shouldn't be that hard. So what keeps us from doing it? Throughout the remainder of this week, we're going to be faced with opportunities. Don't know where to be, don't know how to be, but we're going to be faced with opportunities to ask someone if they know Jesus. To ask someone if they know that Jesus loves them. And I hope that that I can take those opportunities, that I can take advantage of them. And I hope and pray that you can too. Oh, I have a verse for a song.